Unbelievable! Absolutely unbelievable! And welcome, Avs fans. I'm Lauren Gardner here at the Pepsi Center. They got nothing but guts! Guts all over the place! I can't believe Colorado it! Colorado Avalanche complete one of the greatest turnarounds in NHL history. The Colorado Avalanche will return the next year to the Stanley Cup playoffs! And now, let's get you ringside with Lauren Gardner and the gutsiest play-by-play call in hockey, Mark Mosier. What's going on, everyone? And welcome inside this edition of Avs in Your Ear Holes. Lauren Gardner, Mark Mosier here with you, coming to you from beautiful, snowy, actually freezing Winnipeg, Manitoba. How you doing, dude? I'm doing great. We have a special guest in the room with us here tonight. Hey, guys. I'm, I'm thrilled to be here in the peg. It's my uh, second road trip career, and uh, it's frosty, as you uh, could anticipate. And we got a big crew here with us. We're having some fun. That is the voice of Mark Rycroft, of course. And... We have a studio audience here. Every, say hi, everybody. We actually paid them to say that. Yeah, we kind of did. Yeah, we just Canadian money, the, the exchange rate's pretty good, so exactly. we're in good shape. Uh, we have a fun game picked out here because, you know, Valentine's Day is around the corner, so I thought it would be fun to test your knowledge of, uh, you know, just kind of facts with the Avalanche players. Okay. Kind of like, you know, a match game, newlywed game. Sure, we can do that. You don't sound very excited. Well, I mean, it depends on how deep you're going to get. I mean, well... I don't know middle names and birth pounds and all that kind of thing, but let's rock I, I'm not going with, like, dogs' middle names or, like, you know, grandmothers' maiden names or, you know, cat's blood type or anything. <laughs> First of all, Riker, before we get into the game... Uh, this is, like you said, your second road trip. You you haven't been in what we call it the show for a while. Just talk about your experience on the charter flight, staying in the hotels, and, you know, just being in the broadcast booth on the road. Well, you know, we got, what, seven of us here, well, counting us, about ten, and this is kind of like the team that's not the Avalanche. We're like the broadcast team, and I told everybody today, once again, do you guys realize how good your job is? We're on the plane, we're landing, now we're here drinking some juice, and... Uh, all grape juice. Yeah, all grape juice. It's just, it's an awesome gig. Being in the big leagues never gets old. And it's awesome. Now, on the TV side of things, we're planning, organizing all day long, getting ready for tomorrow. We got 100 events planned for tomorrow, mainly because you have overplanned us, and there's no pregame nap allowed, apparently. So here we go. Now we're doing a podcast before we go out for dinner. He's not bitter at all about all the planning. Here's the deal. We travel with our 360 producer, editor, whether it's Peter Aragon or Paul Ladd, and we like to bring you, the viewers, the fans, the best content possible. We want to take you behind the scenes. So that's what we're doing here in Winnipeg, and unfortunately, that just comes with the territory, my friend. Yeah, it does. I'm good with it. It's like a team away from the team, and a lot of people don't get to see this. Everything should be, actually, the 360 crew should be on TV and everybody just seeing how this whole behind the how does a television get to the folks? That's kind of a cool scenario. And the amount of work that goes into it blows my mind most. You know, as a player, I never seen it. It's just it's on TV. How hard can it be? Right. But there's a lot that goes on to broadcast a game. What's amazing, you got PA and you've got Paul who travel with us and they, they switch off different road trips because they want to have lives with you know with their families and all that kind of thing. But it's amazing. It'd be one it'd be great one time and then of course Emily Wade who doesn't have a She a, does a, a tremendous life. job. Yeah, but she all doesn't have anything outside of this. So okay. She's sitting here in this room right now. I and know, the studio but, but, audience but, but, is not enjoying this. She doesn't have to worry about that, but the point <laughs> is this is that I will stand up for her and say that's actually no, not have, the case. She does right. have a, a very active social life outside of work. Okay, good for her. But I'm saying to have to have Paul 
Phil and Peter or vice versa. But to show how it all puts, it, listen, it, it's a very, it's a very long process. They turn this stuff around very quickly, and it takes, you know, you've got to edit, you've got, we've got to shoot, you've got to edit, you got to put a storyline together. Sorry. So anybody who watches it on altitude, I'm sure you see it, and you go, oh, what a great avalanche show! It's cool and behind the scenes stuff and all that. But it is a lot of hard work. Yes. And so tomorrow, like you said, Riker, no nap. We're going to do some things tomorrow. We're going to go down to where your uh, your boy Kyle Keefe almost died. Yeah. On the corner of Portage Main, and he way became, overblown. He way be, overblown. Yeah, but he became sort of a uh, a guy here in Canada that all Canadians. He's banned from the the province. Yeah, province, they, as they say, uh, Manitoba. In Manitoba. I wanted to get a piece of him. That's kind of why I'm here. Really. And I have the same amount of hair as him. I just hope I get through this without getting beaten up. But he's almost 50, so I should be in good shape. I don't think they can mistake me for him. Wow, one sentence and like two major shots fired there. We also want to give a shout out to everyone else here. We have Brandon Svitak, who's in charge of all of our replays. We have Andy, who's doing Chiron. Normally it's Lee. We have Mike Rigg, our producer. Mike Fox, our director. Everyone is here. This yeah. is great, but they but this is what it takes, except for Connor McGahee, but he also <laughs> does a fantastic. Connor must be fixed his hair. He got a brand new hair. Well, that's because he has some. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I can handle it. I can give it. But he got a brand new haircut today. He's pumped up about it. But what is Connor doing? That's a great question. Ooh. The thing though, is in, in Winnipeg, in it might the middle be the of next winter, uh, Netflix. And here we are in February in, in Winnipeg, and it's one degree outside. I think. And it's I think snowing. it was seven when we landed. It was quite balmy. Oh, that's great. Shorts and t-shirt. There's weather. not a whole lot to do but gather in the hotel room and hang out and do the podcast and just talk about stuff. But uh, the typical flight, of course, to sit with Pete normally, and we talk hockey the whole way. Riker and I talking hockey the whole time. We're talking about players. We're talking about different things. And it, the it, league, sit standing. Absolutely. It's pretty trade cool. Trade deadline coming up. We, we talk about everything, but it's pretty cool to, to just sit and talk some hockey. You know, I mean, it's it's just to talk about what's going on with the league, with the team, with uh, with other teams around the league, and, and then looking ahead to the opponent. Winnipeg's obviously a very good club, but it, it gets fascinating on how that club was built, what they've done, and all this sort of thing. And, and so Riker's getting involved in all that, and he's uh, – He's, he's kicking butt. Well, and it's fun being on the plane and getting everybody's views and talking. What team should do this? How do we do this? What should come in here? Some stuff we can repeat, some stuff we don't. What works? What doesn't work? You know, we talked about McLeod going back to Nashville. And is this their year? Winnipeg, is this their year? Of course, who's going to be Tampa Bay? We don't know. Where are the Avalanche? Are they going to dig out of this? Is this the weekend? There's not much time left for them. they got to start winning. So it's just fun being on the road with the crew. But the biggest thing for all you guys it's old hat. For me, it's brand new. It's like Christmas Day for me being up here in Winnipeg. I'm the happiest man in Winnipeg, no doubt, right now. Everybody's like, we're going to Winnipeg. And I'm like, we're going to Winnipeg. Woo! Hey, Winnipeg is a great town. And you know what makes it so great? The people. The people, the people. are fantastic here. W real quick, Riker, because you ran through this, and I was able to look from across the aisle. at Moj has a lot of energy, and he keeps himself very busy on the flights. Can you just run us through exactly what Mark Mosher was doing throughout our hour 45 minute flight? Most of it I can. It's not often I get one upped on the energy scale, but I think I got <laughs> nine upped by the Moj man. We got to the point where he actually, he works so much because he loves his job, loves what he does that he had to bring his mail from home and we sorted through his mail stack in the middle of the plane and went over everything, bills, this, that, a lot of spam, whatever, and just, you know. New credit ahead. card. New credit card through that and as well. I don't think he called to activate that, by the way, Motion. It is not activated, so don't be so, having an eye on it, yeah, please. Yeah, no, I got her going tonight here, but it, but it was... Uh, 
it was neat where actually I just didn't really talk much. I just listened to Moj, and he's actually quite educated. It's impressive what he knows when it comes to planes and World War II. And he, he actually taught me exactly how planes fly today. I didn't really know. You know, do you know until you know, Moj? I didn't know. I didn't know they were pulled up. Did not you know the, up. they're you, pulled you, up? So I told Riker. I said, uh, he said, well, how do you know this stuff? I said, well, I'm a pilot. And he said, you are. I said, yeah. And he said, oh, that's that's interesting. Did you know that Lauren Gardner's a pilot? You didn't know, Actually, you didn't know that. I, did, I I do know that now. I remember now, how he knows yeah. after this flight. <laughs> well, I remember that. Yes, but I kind of forgot. But so I, we, okay. we love. I don't. I'm not taking it personal. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I just wanted to go through that because I thought it was great to look over and see you guys interacting and see you were just so busy. I really saw you take the credit card out of that envelope. You put it Correct. right there in your, your wallet. So I'm going to borrow that. Do some no online problem. shopping There were, there were some bills in, in there. There were some spam in there. I really there. want there one of those Canada things. goose down jackets. They're not cheap. They are not cheap. And so okay. you will not be buying that in my, uh, my new That's credit card. That's a shame. But, but the good news here in Winnipeg, we don't have to go outside. There's a whole system of tunnels and it's a real maze and all sorts of stuff. So we can go ahead and uh, just not go outside because Riker did not bring a jacket, a coat. You just have a blazer with you. I mean, I know Winnipeg a little bit. I played 10 games here my last year in the American League. And if you don't want to go outside, you don't have to go outside. And I like to pack light myself. So I just brought a jacket, but it's my suit jacket. But most importantly, I brought a toque. And if you have a toque in Canada... You keep the brains warm. You're set all day long. And I said to Riker, I, <laughs> I said, keep the Riker, brains warm. I said, I said, Riker, where's your, where's your bag? You know, with all your stuff in it. And he opened his jacket. And he had a toothbrush sticking out, and then he closed it. And like that's it. Like that's what he packed. He packed the toothbrush in his jacket. He's got his wallet, and he's ready to go. As long as I have my high definition makeup, I'm set, baby. Exactly. That is true. You two and your makeup. I I mean, I'm actually quite impressed. Um, Anything else you guys want to touch on in the hockey world? We obviously have a trade deadline coming up. Uh, Just looking at the standings and how bunched up everything is, not only in the Western Conference, but also the Eastern Conference. Well, yeah, I think it's important for, for Avalanche fans that we do get real for a little bit. And we talk about where the Avs are right now, and they're coming off that 5-2 tough loss to the, the Toronto Maple Leafs. But let me say this. When you look at the Western Conference, and Riker and I were talking about this today, when you look at the teams around the Colorado Avalanche for the eighth spot, because right now, with as difficult as it's been since mid-December, the idea now is you want to get in, right? I mean, you want to get into the postseason. That's where you sure. want to be. So when you look at the teams that are around the Colorado Avalanche, Everybody has an issue with something. And when I look around Riker, I look at it. I look at Minnesota. I look at Vancouver. I look at Arizona. I look at Chicago. I mean, whatever team you want to point out or however many handful of teams you want to point out battling for that final playoff spot. And by the way, I'm not convinced that St. Louis is going to stay in the number seven spot at this point. But that being said, everybody's got something. And if the Avs can just sort of turn it around, get some confidence and realize, you know what? Guys, look at us. Look at the team we were in October, November, into December. Look at what we did. Look at how we played. Remember how we felt. All those sort of things. Because, Riker, you know as well as anybody, a lot about it, a lot of it is coming to the rink, feeling confident, feeling good about yourself, and enjoying the, playing the game of hockey. And things just start to flow and things start to happen in a good way. Yeah, and what you're trying to say, Moj, I think, if we just want to simplify it, is we still have a chance. It's still there. But I'm t- so you're saying there's a chance. Well, it's more than you're a chance. Telling you're telling me there's a chance. You're four points out with 26 games to go. There's a, I mean, there's a ton of hockey to be played, but they do have to play better. Okay, and, and I and I take that stance, and I understand what you're saying. But last night in the post game show, before that loss against Toronto, they had 16 games left at home. If the number's 93, which I think it is, 
Well, then you're looking at you got to win 13 of those home games, and then on the 11 road games you got to win. I don't, I don't think what it's going to be 93. What do you think the number is? I think it's going to be 88. Okay, so if it's 88, then that changes things and makes it more realistic. But if St. Louis stays hot, then that eliminates one team out of that scenario. So does another team get hot? I don't know. Can Vancouver get hot? Does Chicago continue to roll? If the Avs can get something going, you're right, they have a chance. But it's just tough. You've won seven out of 30 games, I believe. We need to win seven out of the next nine or ten. And no, I understand that. It needs to turn around. But we know this, and I said this on the postgame show too, you can ride a hot goaltender to excellence, and you have to do it. It all comes down to the goalie. And then that being said, I show a long clip of four turnovers in two minutes followed by a penalty that led to a power play goal where Varley had no chance at all. So something's got to happen. they got to find, you know, lightning in a barrel or whatever you want to call it. And at the end of the day, you might need a win in Winnipeg to kind of bring the belief back. It's got to come back to that. This is the number one home team over the last two years in the NHL. Only 13 losses at home in two years. If number 14 comes tomorrow... That might be the spark that's needed. You know, what's left to say, really? Yeah, let me let me put it in, in those terms as well. What, you ever heard the uh, the term, when you least expect it, expect it? You never know what can happen in this league because things can turn very quickly. I look at a team like Philadelphia, a team that last two years, have, they've ridden crazy streaks positively and negatively. I mean, just all kinds of crazy stuff. You know what I mean? I'm talking about eight-game losing streaks, ten-game winning streaks, all this kind of stuff. But what sparks whatever? You know what I mean? They have just, they've been doing so many right things, Riker. When you go back to that, that three-game road trip back east, three difficult barns, defending Stanley Cup champions, the, the Islanders in Brooklyn who don't give up jack. I mean, they give up nothing. You score three on them. And then you go to Boston, a very difficult team, and you lose in overtime to them. All three overtime losses. You have to admit, the Avs did a lot of really good things in those games. I think that's exactly, I'm going to chime in here, what the sentiment was inside the dressing room, Mojan Riker, and even with the coaching staff. They, they thought they were really working their way out of this slump and you know there were a lot of positive things to build off of the way they were playing these tight checking games the way they were able to either mount a comeback or actually play with the lead which has been something they've really struggled with as of late and the biggest thing I mean their penalty kill was outstanding against Boston and when I talked to EJ about it he said well Varley was outstanding and that's exactly what they need and even Jared Bednar was talking about that following the Toronto loss that he didn't pull Varley because of his play he thought he was playing really well and when you look at the Toronto power play what were you going to do when you see those seam passes so I mean I think at least you have the goaltending that's getting back on track it's just a matter of getting everyone else back there but still inside that room and you know we're in there on a regular basis I'm still sensing that positivity and they're trying to work towards getting out of this well yeah and you have to do it and if the team is really serious about winning then they have to as a group together not take penalties and if you want to beat Winnipeg tomorrow night you got the number one home power play team if you take six penalties you're going to get smashed. That's it. Six power plays last night. We'll call it five because one was taken with 10 seconds left in the game. So as a team, if you can commit together to not take stick and fraction penalties. Now, Moe, you know, Lauren, if you take a roughing penalty or you're in the game, those ones are mentally easier to kill off than like a trip 
or a cross check to the head or a high stick or something like that. Just stay slash out a slash of the box. a hook a trip. Stick penalties are the worst, and and listen, offensive zone stick penalties are by far the worst. Yeah, those are the kind of things that turn a, a coach from from dark hair to gray hair overnight. And listen, what I loved about Jared Bednar today is that he addressed the media and he said this. He said, yeah, I had a conversation with JT Comfer. And JT's done a lot of good things. He really has. But that was not a good penalty. And Riker, every player in the league has been there. I mean, Evgeny Malkin just took a baseball bat swing at a guy's head. He got suspended for a game. Every guy gets frustrated. Every guy does something. And you're like, oh, man, I wish I would not have done that. You've done that, I'm sure, uh, uh, you know, Never, times. I was always disappointed. Right. You were always if I great took, in your career. Because if I took one bad penalty, Joel Quenville would come and be like, Hey, Rikes, jump on the bus. You're going to the minors. Exactly. <laughs> hang, on, hang on a second. Ready? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Connor McGee hey! here, everybody. He's changed. Like, you got the jeans on. I mean, this, he's ready. He looks good. Boy. So the deal, the deal is that is that, uh, is that every, everybody will do that. But he said, listen, I had a good talk with him. He took ownership of it, which is what a pro does. And then yeah. he said, uh, listen, you need to make it up to your teammates. You need to play your best hockey in Winnipeg and beyond. And I believe that a guy like JT is going to do that. You know, again, Riker, they're right there. They don't need a whole lot to go right to find themselves right back in a playoff spot. Listen, they're fortunate that the West has been has been down this year. Okay, we, we can, but you know what? There's still plenty of time to turn it around. You've got good guys in that room, and I'm thinking positively right now. I really am. No, and you have to because we still got 26 games to go. And, you know, the thing with JT Confer and that penalty last night is it's amplified big time because it did cost them the game, and they're in the midst of a tough hockey streak. Right. You know, Evgeny Malkin, Pittsburgh wins the game. He spins around, almost takes the guy's ear off with a stick. We've almost forgotten about it because, you know what, they won the game, and he comes in, he's playing well, all this kind of stuff. Winning solves everything. That's the bottom line. And if these guys can start to win, we'll forget about everything. But if it's not Winnipeg, when's it going to be? So I like what you said, Moshe. Expect the unexpected. Toughest place in the NHL to play is in Winnipeg. It's obviously the toughest place to fly into. And look at the whiteout. It was a whiteout here today in Winterpeg. So can they get it done? We can only hope. It's going to be a huge challenge. But, boy, it'd be nice if they could just get lucky and win one. It would. All right, Lauren, what do you have there? Okay, so we have our little game that we teased off the top of the podcast. And this is just going to test you guys on your overall knowledge of this Avalanche squad. We are encouraging... Crowd participation. Studio audience, are you up for the test? This is so fun. We definitely need to do this more often. It's growing since we got here. Connor, how you doing? No. Okay, that's... (laughs) His haircut looks fantastic, doesn't it? Yeah, his hair looks great. So good. So good. Okay. Um... Are you ready to start? Let's please do Should it. Should we start off with an easy question? Yes, easy. Start up? off easy and go harder. Okay, yes. perfect. Let's start with a fun one. <laughs> who, who on the team? So we have, uh, you know, younger team here, younger than you know when you played when you know you had guys that were, were you know family men and living with their wives and children. So right, we have well, a lot Riker, of young bachelors. Uh, Riker, hold on, hang on, Riker, coming yeah. out of DU. Yeah. Were you twenty-two coming out to the pros? I uh, was 20, 90, yes, I was, 22, 22. my first okay. year pros. Just yeah. making sure. Yes, sir. Okay. okay. So you, you're already in your 20s. Okay. Yeah, so I was... Uh, you were already you older say? than a lot of guys on this yeah, team. Yeah, I, I was older than, even back then, Yeah. I was a rookie, but I was one of the older rookies coming okay. out of college. Yeah. There you go. So okay. I was 19, 20, 21 at school, and then signed with the Blues that summer, so I'd have been 22 
coming into the Blues. There was a time when rookies in this league, like minimum 23, 24. I mean, yeah. when it was a smaller league, I mean, guys had to work their way through. Okay, I'm and sorry. Hope before you go there, my first training camp, just so you know, I yep. walk in. Dougie Waite, Keith Kachuk, Scott Young, Chris Pronger, Al McKinnis, Mark Bergevin, Jamal Mayers, Dyson Dash. I mean, I walked into like this perennial all-star Pretty team. good blue team. I mean, yeah. I, I, I stepped on the ice. I don't even know if I, I could even pass the puck. I was petrified. But anyway, <laughs> my whole first training camp was just getting over that. Okay. That was a and good you made the team? Uh, three years later. <laughs> <laughs> it's good learning experience. It took a little while to kind of, you know, get. Oh, I forgot about Dallas Drake, too. I mean, I can keep going. but Oh, Dallas Drake yeah. was on that oh, team. How about Scott Mellenby as well? Oh, Scott Mellenby. I, mean, I forgot about so good. Scott. Yeah, he was. He, yeah, but he Mel was an amazing team. Yeah. Mel was an amazing guy. Still is. But That's awesome. Where was your locker? I mean, tucked in the corner. Are you kidding me? It, it was, was in a porta potty outside the facility. Yeah, and right? Chris Pronger passed the puck so hard to break your stick. It was yeah. unbelievable. If you miss it, he'd yell at you, "Come on, rookie, handle that puck!" And he'd go, "I'm chasing another corner, trying to get oh it, ruin the whole gosh. drill." But now you know the veterans love that, eh? So, oh yeah, right. Yeah, I did it years later. Pronger but. had like, like he had like the smallest feet for a big man. Like he, was, it was interesting. He'd cram his foot inside that skate. It was just an interesting dude. Hey, he was all he cat. was all a six foot six. And I'm telling you, the guy's uh, ability and talent and ruthlessness was incredible. But he rarely made a mistake. It was is he still on so he's still on somebody's payroll, is he not? I think it's his last year on the Philadelphia Flyers. There you go. I he's do still on the Flyers and payroll. And he's working with the NHL in the disciplinary system somewhere. I'm not totally sure, right. but uh, he's one of the great defensemen of all time. He was Chris a Bronco. terrific defenseman. Incredible. Yeah, really was. That was really good. I was captivated. I love. I was just sitting back and enjoying. Okay, um, okay. So we will start off with the easy one. So we talked about roommates, and we kind of got off on a tangent there. But when you get off on those tangents, when you get to kind of go back down memory lane like that, we are all for it. Okay, so who on the team? Our roommates. Well, we know that it's Tyson Jost and JT Confer and Alexander Kerfoot. I wouldn't know in a hundred years. I'd, I mean, I I know the line, the kid line, the college line's all there, but besides that, uh, I have no idea. I know the one lucky thing about the guys now is that past their entry level deal, they get their own room. It was great. I had a few snores back in my day. Oh, man. It I can't handle a snore. My dad is a snorer. Like if we travel, like we You're we go fishing snorer, to get a fishing trip together, too. and I'm like, Apple dad, doesn't fall far most. Listen, I, I, my dad, I will sleep in the car. I will get my own room, or I will get pitch a tent anywhere. I cannot handle it. I'm dead serious. <laughs> pitch yeah. Wait, <laughs> The point being is that I don't like snores. All right, so here's the story. Okay. Here's the story. Here's the story. Lauren, those three guys are roommates, and they're all reunited on the same line. Tyson Jost is in the middle. Comfort's on one side. Kerfoot's on the other side. And so they're back. This will be yeah. game number two with okay, them reunited. You, you get a point for the bonus. Who used to room with them in the past? And what is their favorite video game? Oh, my God. What? I mean, I'm still... Did you know I'm Johnny Lau's room with Joe Sackick? I didn't even know that. Okay, so what? Who... So it was Chris Bigra. Oh, Chris Bigra. Yeah. Okay. And the video uh, game is. I'm going to say it's probably Call of Duty, Fortnite. Fortnite. Yes. Yeah. So that's exactly what they were all playing when Tyson Joe's found out he was called back up. Cool. Where'd Mario Brothers go? Is that not cool? Dude, what about Mario World Three, dude? What about all those Mario Worlds? Because that's all that I played. Oh, Mario, Kart. I mean, Mario Kart. We got some Mario Kart from the studio audience here. Dude, I'm Blades of Steel. Still, you know the fight punch. Gold is a good one. Hey, hey, well, hey Mosh has some. Mark has something. Studio audience, important. how about Space Invaders? Boo. Boo. Galaga? 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 
Gallagher. Yeah. See, I love oh, Connor. You know what? Moj came Connor, up in the Connor's, days of Pong. Connor's, Connor's a 60-year-old yes. guy yeah. in a 30-year-old body. He's such... <laughs> I love you, man. I do love okay. you. I know. I love you too. But for, here's another bonus round. There, are, yes, ma'am. there is another set of roommates on okay. the team. That would be... Wait, okay, studio audience knows Peter Aragon, 360 producer. Barbs and Ghetto. Yes, uh, yes. Mark Barbario and Sven Andrighetto are cool. also roommates. That's awesome. I did okay. not know that. I, I did you not know, know that. You know what I know about Sven Andrighetto? He's got a real fast car. I can't tell you how I know that, but his car is incredibly fast off the line. <laughs> <laughs> No, ladies and gentlemen, Mark Rycroft has never tried time. racing oh, Sven Andrighetto yeah, yeah, off the line at a stoplight at any point in time. I will say this. It, it's believe, impressive. I, mean, I wow. believe your SUV is also fast off the line. Not I'm, as fast as that one. Okay. <laughs> well, then, then he must have a really fast I car. mean, the front tires, I think, came off the ground. But either way. <laughs> That's uh, awesome. Good job, Sven. He's a race car driver. Okay, guys. Uh, here's a fun one. American-born players currently on the roster. Uh, well, Sheldon Dries. Eric Johnson's got to be Eric Johnson, uh, number one right yeah, there. Eric Johnson, Sheldon Dries. Uh, did, JT you guys, did you guys forget that I, I worked hard to get Eric Johnson to the Blues to come here? Cause I played Wait, what? Because I played on that last place St. Louis Blues team that drafted really? EJ. Yeah, but I knew they wanted him, so that's why we played so bad, to get Eric Johnson. Oh, I like that. Yeah, that's why we... So it was like suck for luck, but what, what was it? Like, yeah. don't play well for well, we told, EJ? <laughs> what we told the guys is, hey, here's what we got to do, guys. Make sure we don't get more than 21 wins and have several nine-game losing streaks, and we will get Eric Johnson <laughs> to St. Louis. That's what we did. And then I knew the whole play would come to Colorado. So I just want to throw that yeah, in there. He was, he Showed was a lot of humility throughout that season. <laughs> That was a I, rough one. So let's go back to it. Ooh. So this is... Um, he had Sheldon Dries. Where Sheldon is he from? Dries, uh, he's from... Uh, Sheldon Dries is from Michigan? Uh, yep. Ding, 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 okay. ding. Eric Johnson. Eric Johnson, of course, is from Minnesota. Minnesota. JT Copper is from, from Illinois, from Illinois, Chicago. Illinois, Chicago. Where did he go to college? Uh, he went to college at the Michigan, of course. Everybody oh, knows well, that. Oh, of course. Um, hey, you know what this makes me think of? The big line, the one thing we've never thought of is the international flavor to it. Well, yeah, but we're we're still focused on the American I player. I know, but I'm I'm you know we're all about everything. I just thought as we're just you know we, we can't come up with a name for it. We might have to think about through it. the rest of the defensemen though. I'm going through the line. You only have three right now, and there are one, two, three, four, five, six, six and a half, American born. That's not fair. Yeah, Matt Nieto's from Long Beach. We know. Yep. All know Where that. did he go to school? Uh, he went to school at uh, at Boston College, or excuse me, uh, Boston, Boston University. University. Yeah, BU, he's yeah. a BU kid. Oh, Colin Wilson, Wilson. went to God BU, born in Greenwich, Colin Connecticut. Wilson. Yeah, that's an easy Winter one. Pig. Sorry about that. You're missing two. Okay. Well, how about the newest, well, the newest addition to our television crew, Johnny Laws from Indiana? Yeah, but he doesn't cool. count. Yeah, that's yeah. A big, that's a big deal. <laughs> I mean, deal. Johnny is a big deal. He likes to. Ryan Graves? No. He's Native. Native. Yeah, he's a Nova Scotia kid. I'm sorry. You're right. A uh, defenseman? One, two, Stanley Cup. Oh, Ian Cole, for God's sake. I'm sorry. Yeah, doggone it. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, and, uh, Lauren. The most recent call up. Yeah, Dom Tominato. Tom Dom Toninato, but that's a half because he got Dom Toninato got called up today. Yeah, well, he's still on the And by the, the way, as far as Dom, and is we waited for him. The plane was waiting for him because he got yeah. the late call and, and blew in. Yeah. And everybody gave him an ovation when he popped into the plane. Yeah. 
They were happy you know to have him back. And I well, like fault. There was a late call-up. You know, they just said, hey, can you come up to the big leagues? He's, He's like, like, heck yeah. yeah. looks like I got time. I'll be right there. I'm going to borrow Sven's car, and I'll be at the airport in 20 minutes. If he had Sven's car, he'd have been early. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he had the Toyota. Okay, sorry about that, Lauren. You're right. Well, I, what is, yeah, okay. My, my bad. Go ahead. Well, that's amazing. No, like, I'm enjoying with, the whole with, point with, of with this with exercise. Ryan Graves, remember, his, remember his family flew in from Toronto and got stuck? And, okay, well, his mom came out for the holidays. Flew back to Toronto. Flew back. And then, and then had, had to turn right back, back around right. and go to Vegas yeah, so for his his debut. So and then remember Canadian. he cut himself out on the ice during uh, the Yeah, skate. I remember on his That's arm. Great. I remember he made it yeah. though. He was fine. He was okay. Yeah, he was great. He was totally fine. We have all these great debut stories, which I think is so wonderful about this young team. And that's what I think we get to do. And that's why I love that is that we get to tell these stories. For our next one, we were talking about the Blues. We want to stick with that, that theme. You talked about EJ and how you worked so hard to get him to St. Louis. And I mean, I think everyone there appreciated your sacrifice. Riker scored two goals that year just to get EJ. No, I had six. six I had six that year, okay? And I had six for the Az. I scored nine one year. Did you know that? That was awesome. <laughs> one. I've only got one empty netter. Oh, man. It was Studio so audience just chimed in with that dagger of a question. Yeah, How many empty, empty netters? Studio audience. Yeah, empty netter. I, empty netter. <laughs> you know, here's how you look at that. It's a compliment because the coach puts you out there at the end. And the empty netter is just a little better. Hey, thanks, Coach Q. Love you, buddy. <laughs> I like the shout out. I, I got to ask this You Mark know Wycroft. that Joel Quinville is listening to this podcast. No doubt. Mark no, Wycroft, do hockey, players, <laughs> do hockey players' eyes ever get bigger in the final minute of a game knowing the other end is empty and they get the puck on their stick even in their own zone? Do, do, do they ever get – dude, I see guys try things that, that should get them banished to Mars – and you're like, dude, you know, it's an icing call. Faceoff comes back because they want that bunny. They want it. Sometimes, sometimes it happens. But but as soon as you said that, Moj, I'm gonna switch. I'm gonna 180 here. Okay. 180. The coolest thing that I ever was a part of and witnessed was the great players having played with Joe Sackick. Paul Stasi is another guy who's good. When it got down to the last minute and they're a goal down. Their eyes never got bigger. They loved the moment, and they lived for the moment. Or if I was out there in the last minute, which was rarely, my eyes were the size of my entire face. Like, I was so excited I could barely handle the puck. Right. Those guys got cooler. That's just a God-given gift, man. To be able to play in the clutch is incredible. And those, I mean, those are your top guys. That's how you win cups, right? So, yep. they like that switch, bud. I like what it. breeds that? What breeds that kind of composure? It's the same like a, a golfer that can putt under pressure. I, I believe that there's a certain amount of just gift to it. Where the moment, it's no big deal for them. They're just chill. They're just relaxed. They're prepared. They're organized. They're dialed in, absolutely. But there is some natural talents you cannot teach. You can't teach Nathan McKinnon's speed and hands. You can't do it. Austin Matthews, you watch the hands. I mean, you can't. You can't teach certain things that guys can do, and it's just fun to watch the best be the best. So far, I would say this is our best podcast to date. I don't I know would if we want to Riker credit Riker, or if we want to credit the studio audience. Uh, forget about the peanut gallery over there. I'd say okay. I'd say Riker and I have been really, really awesome, you and me. High five, buddy. Okay, Give me some well, yeah, all right. I'll, I'll yeah, meet yeah. You. I'll meet you out by the flagpole at 3 o'clock. We're going to fight. Okay, so uh, let's get back to the question at hand here. We are going to players on the roster drafted by the St. Louis Blues. Obviously, we know one of them. Ian Eric Johnson. Ian yes, Cole. I got that. Ian Cole, well done. Yep. And there's one more. Carl Soderbergh. Yes, right. studio yeah. audience. Connor McGahee, everyone. Yeah. Connor, that's Connor, everybody. Yeah, good job. Good job. No, 
Oh. Connor was going to leave and everyone was sad, but now he's back, everybody. Woo! Yeah, Carl, everybody forgets. Did you see Carl Soderbergh's draft picture? Have you seen that? No, but I can with imagine. His little, with his little curls in the front and all I'm going to guess zero stuff. smile, just stone face. <laughs> he was all smiles. No, Carl is one of the cooler dudes. He's Isn't so he? cool, He's dude. actually extremely intelligent and great and wonderful and all of the above. He's very analytical. Like, he thinks about things. Like, I asked him about a curve on it. Here we got, we got the look. Oh, my heavens. We got to get that on the, the Twitter. How did it look at that? Oh, my I heavens. I know. Look at the curls right there. I know. Oh, yeah. Carl, you're looking good, my friend. He's like Brad Pitt, Legends of the Fall with a little bit of the dye blonde. <laughs> but, it's, but it's got a touch of perm to it. Yeah. That is awesome. Wow. Here, take a look at that. Did you see that? Oh, yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, it looks fantastic. All right, so if you're you're listening out there, make sure you, all you have to do is Google Carl Soderbergh Carl draft Soderberg picture. Carl Soderbergh yeah. And then you can just follow along with us. You know, it's theater of the mind, but you also have these tiny little computers that are handheld, so you can do, do your own searching. So we were doing the, the uh, golf tournament at the start of the year, and we were just shooting pucks, and if you hit the thing, whatever, it was 10 bucks, you got a birdie. What'd I do? I, actually, I think you nailed it. Didn't you hit the top shelf? But Carl came, and I said, yeah, Carl, this might be for you. He's got a bit of a toe curve in it. He talked to me about curves on his stick for three minutes in the middle. He's like, yeah, the toe, but if you go to the heel, it's a little more on the on the side, and you can really whip it off. And I'm going, Carl, I'm just here to play some golf, man, and have some fun. I'm having a couple of beers. So he's really focused and dialed into his deal. Now, here's the next guy, Carl Soderberg. He is going to play hockey no matter where it is. Until he's 41, 42. Yeah, probably The guy's so. a fitness freak. He loves the game, and he believes that age is only in the mind. Yeah, he is the Tom Brady of hockey. Hopefully he can add a championship when to When Carl it. Soderberg's career is done, I guarantee you that Carl Soderberg is going to do something really interesting. I'm talking about, like, work on, on a space station. I mean, he's... Okay, I'm with you on that. He's yeah. a smart, interesting well, He's like guy. a general manager guy. He's a really analytical guy. That is correct. He's he's he's, 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 a good, he's a good math guy. I mean, he's a really interesting cat. Okay, Lauren, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Okay, so let's, let's move on to something fun. Uh, dads on the team. We talked about how this is a young team, but there are a handful of dads. Can you name all of them? Well, I know Carl's got three. I know Bork's got four. Yep. Correct. Ian Cole does not have a kid. <laughs> <laughs> I've mentioned Ian Cole like Good for four save. questions in a row. <laughs> so on. So all right. Let's go. Gabe and Carl. For, or, I'm Gabe? Not Gabe. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Dug on it. Too Gabriel much Bork. Juice. Gabriel Bork and yeah. Carl Varlama. Sammy Varlama. Varley. Yep. Uh, let's go. Going around the horn here. Sorry, the studio audience is chirping in his ear and he's having trouble concentrating. Boy, I feel like I'm no, 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 no. Hold on, I'm going around. I feel like is this going to be your next single release? Well, no, they're the youngest team in the league, so there's not a whole lot of kids there. Who can we be missing? How how many are we missing? Third line, third line. Connor's ready. No, go. Come on, Connor. Come on. Here it. Oh, oh, hey. He's using a lifeline. There we go. When we were coming up to this very hotel room, oh. <laughs> here we, we go. ran into one individual. Oh, I like the clue. Yes. Oh. Wait, say it into the mic. Yeah, Connor, great clue. Yeah, that was a great clue. Thank you. Good Matt. job, Connor. Yeah, Matt. Yes, Dude, Matt he's the, he's the key of the, if, if I ever needed, if I was on, I would call, he would be my lifeline. Yeah. I would call Connor, Connor McGahee yeah. for my lifeline for just about anything. And I'm not what even kidding. What doesn't he know? What's the square root of 57? There is no square root of 57. That, uh, there's not? No. Really? Oh, oh man. Yeah. <laughs> well, right. I'm dead. <laughs> so what do you have left? Okay, there's another dad. 
There's one more dad? I, I got a lot of heat on the Carl Soderbergh. So we have three dads so far. What kind of heat? There's one more dad. There's one more dad? Yeah, we have another dad, defenseman. One more D-man. Patrick Nemeth? Negative. Not Nemeth? <laughs> oh, is it door off? Wait, wait, wait. Emily Wade I'm in sorry, the audience yes. says his name rhymes with Dad Durov. <laughs> Nikita Zadorov has a, has a baby. That's exactly yes, right. Yes, him and, and his lovely what, the, wife have thing. the cutest little baby. I know we're here in Winnipeg, so maybe the cold has fried my brain, but I, I, like, I'll, I'll, That's I, I'll, I'll sit down back, But I'll, it, sit, I'll sit down next to Z and I'll go, how's a little while? Everything's great. Da, da, how's the, da, da. Everything's great. You know, go back and... It, it's but you forget because Lauren puts you on the spot. You know what I mean? It's not. Yeah. I put you on the spot. I said we were playing this game. Ah, oh, I just got food. And he said "boo large" from our studio audience. Can we explain the nickname "large" for a second? Yes, we should. Do it. Do it. Oh. <laughs> I just hit you with the If the microphone was a cupcake, I'd have just ate one. <laughs> you would have Bill Walton that. You would have Bill Walton that thing. There's no doubt about. Did you see Bill Walton eat the candle? I just brushed my teeth with the mic. It was awesome. That was awful. All right, Your chiclets so, are shiny. So Lauren's name, Lauren's name is popped. Lauren Gardner, and she has red hair, so her Twitter handle is LG Red. Yeah. But everybody sees the LG, and they think it's Not large. Not everybody. One person Peter McNabb and no thinks it's large red have your facts all there are no facts in this story number one except for the fact that do not set that I'm not I'm not okay I'm sorry okay so who who calls you large bottles that have condensation on it on top of very expensive equipment put the spritzer down Moj who calls you large (laughs) okay so there was somebody within our crew that said oh large red and I turned around and a couple members of the studio audience happened to be along the way there with me and uh yeah and uh i was like wait large and he goes yeah lg red large red and so then that got passed along and then before you know it the following day at practice Peter in media scrub, only calls you that. i asked gabe landiscog a question and right. he looked right at me in the you know in the midst of this big scrum you know tv cameras mics from all sorts of local stations in there well that's a great question large so it's caught on <laughs> Large is now my new nickname. Uh, Peter, that's what all Peter says. Yeah. Period. End of yeah. story. Yeah. One okay. of the fun questions. Right, Here's here a fun go. question. Tyson Berry, his favorite treat. Oh, I think it's, isn't it ice cream? Yes. Yeah. What kind of ice cream? Where's uh, it from? It's from a, uh, a very famous institution that serves. Ben and Jerry's? Oh, it's Freddy's Frozen Custard. <laughs> <laughs> Custard's not ice cream, dude. Yeah, yeah it's cold. Baskin Robbins? Soft what? serve. It's soft serve. McDonald's. Dairy Queen. Yes. He's a Canadian Dairy Queen. Canadian boys love Dairy Queen. He's a good BC boy, so there you okay. go. What what from Dairy Queen? Oreo Blizzard. <clears throat> or are we or like a specific well it's a, probably a chocolate dipped cone. Blizzard? Right, Oreo Blizzard? Our, is that what yeah, it is? No, it's a blizzard, but which flavor? Which variety How of about, blizzard? It's gotta be a score blizzard. <laughs> Score is Canadian. Butterfinger, you don't get score. What, what can, Oreo, America. Butterfinger, what other blizzards are there? Cookie dough, Snickers, Snicker Blizzard. Eminem. The audience just just what is it? Hit the nail on the head there. Cookie dough. Cookie dough Blizzard. Yes. Wow. Really? Well, I don't. I don't know these things. I don't. <laughs> Like I don't. You don't sit down. I mean, when you go into the room and you sit next to these guys and you're just talking shop, you're not like, "Hey, dude, what's your favorite treat?" Oh, cool, Blizzard. No, okay. I don't. You're right. I don't do that. I talk hockey. <laughs> okay, right. I think at this point it's time to wrap things no, one up more, because one the more, wheels one, are one falling off. One more fun off. one. We'll take okay. on a good note. Another fun one. 
the studio audience yeah, wants. Yeah, no, okay, no. actually, yeah, let's take some questions from the studio uh, audience. No, 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 one more fun one. No, no, don't get off track. Hi there, Mike Ray, long time first time. Okay, here we go. Second generation players. Colin Wilson for sure. Third generation, and right. yes. Correct. Boom. I, I need to marinate on this for a minute. Tyson Berry, of yeah. course, Len, Len played. Good played. job, Mike Fox. Right. Nice yep. Uh, that's two. Yeah. Uh, how many are there? Just tell me how many there are, please. Two. We got them. You nailed it. Wilson but it was really fun just yeah. to yeah. let you guys sweat it out. Okay, do we really have some like valid studio audience questions? Or no, will we I have to delete these? Yeah, Moe, do you have any questions for me? Um, not really. I just want you to get a good night's sleep to have a, a really good broadcast tomorrow. This is important. Riker, as I said before, when you least expect it, expect it. Yeah, Moj, I think our energy is going to be a little too high tomorrow. We're going to have to tone it down. But you and I both know we want to lose our bananas over our win tomorrow. We Let's do. hope it happens, buddy. We do. Because we are going to lose it. Last time the Avs were in this building, they played very, very well. Perot came in and he scored that goal. I mean, they were he was so lucky. So there's a, there's an opportunity in this. Yes, pirate hair is silly. There's an opportunity for for this team. Listen, Riker, as you said, and here's here's the bottom line: is we've had fun with this. The bottom line with this hockey club is one pivotal win like this can springboard them right back into where you need to be. And I'm not kidding you. The Blues come in. The Blues come into town on Saturday. Afternoon affair. They can they can get rolling here. So win win. All of a sudden you're within two points of the Blues, but I think this might be it because we're gonna get to the point where hey we got to win ten out of nine, which we just can't do, right? So it's not mathematically it's not, possible. That's it. Even for Lauren. <laughs> Even for Lauren. So win tomorrow. Best team in the NHL the last two years at home. If you go in and you win, then you're flying back on the playing going. If we can win there. We can win anywhere. And then they got to dominate a home the rest of the way. I love but it. it needs to start now. All right, the no record, team. I took quantitative reasoning in college. Okay, that does it for this edition of Abs in Your Holes. For Mark Mosier, Mark Rycroft, our wonderful studio audience. Yay, I'm Mark audience. Yay, audience. We'll see you next time.